you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. Welcome to the uh, Chris Voss Show, the podcast that loves you but doesn't judge you. Hey, listen, folks. Have I ever told you how beautiful and wonderful you guys all are? All you folks out there in the audience for 15 years, two to three, we're almost doing four now, actually, sometime this month, uh, four uh, shows a weekday. 10 to 15, probably 20 at that pace uh, a week. Uh, that's how much we love you because you guys are so beautiful, so wonderful, and uh, you guys just complete us. <laughs> uh, hang, hang on, let me read the show notes here. Uh, kiss the butt of the audience. Okay, check mark. All right, there we go. That's done. No, uh, we couldn't do it without you folks, and that's why it's so important you support the show in every way possible. And just listening is plenty enough. We'd certainly love that. But if we could just get a little bit more out of you, just a little bit, if you go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, we greatly appreciate it. And we would love you infinitely, or as long as the show is on, which, uh, I don't know, the show's programmed to to uh, extend beyond my life, uh, as long as Google's up, you know, it'll be there on iTunes and stuff. So uh, just please go give us a five-star review over there and then put an arm around a friend and say, you know what? I wish you were as beautiful and intelligent as I am because I listen to the Chris Voss show. And uh, if you would uh, just subscribe to the show like I do, you, you too can be beautiful. This sounds like an infomercial. Uh, go to goodreads.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, linkedin.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, youtube.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, and uh, Chrisfoss one at the Tickety Talkie, where the kids are at. Uh, we always have the most amazing minds on the show. And then, you know, the leftovers, me. <laughs> uh, and we have another brilliant mind on the show today. We're going to be talking to her about her insights, her experience, and everything she's learned throughout her whole lifetime. She's going to bring her whole lifetime of knowledge to you and place it at your feet. And you're going to be wowed and amazed. And you're going to be like, I've listened to the Chris Foss show and I'm so beautiful and I'm so knowledgeable. But this is going to make me, it's going to extend my glow even further so there's a lot of glowing going on in this show it's probably gonna be a callback joke janet smith is on the show with us today she's the creator and founder of reprogram for success and quantum consciousness accelerator uh, integrative holistic healing and performance facilitator and master mindset coach and i should give her full name here because this is what she utilizes janet elaine schmidt uh she is the creator and founder of reprogram for success and the quantum conscious integration consciousness integration big words here uh she boasts a decade of expertise as an integrative holistic healing and performance facilitator inspirational speaker and master mindset coach she has a profound not just an understanding, but a profound understanding of emotional intelligence, uh, mental acuity, uh, physical well-being, and spiritual alignment. Uh, she guides individuals and business teams on transformation of 
journeys. Uh, her unique approach uses energy psychology techniques and modalities to change belief systems, enabling clients to transform and reprogram for the success they desire. With a staggering success rate of 95% among her clients, she guides individuals and business teams in identifying and removing energetic blocks and inherited imprints held in the subconscious for generations. She quips with clients. She quips clients and quips with them, I suppose, uh, with tools to encourage and recognize and discard limiting beliefs, fostering emotional intelligence for prosperous personal and professional lives. Her extensive uh, certifications include neuro-linguistic programming, practitioner, NLP life coach, hypnotherapy, eye movement integration, advanced psych K and advanced theta healing. And it reflects her commitment to excellence. She's driven by curiosity and passion for science and healing modalities. And she continuously learns and shares her wisdom teaching with others. And here she is on the Chris Moss show. Well, welcome, Janet. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's a pleasure to be with you today, Chris. There you go. I was going, getting through all the big words on your thing, and I flunked second grade, as our audience knows. So uh, I got through it. I got all the big words out there. So give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Oh, my .com is um, JanetElaineSchmidt.com, or you can go to MeetJES.com. There you go. So, uh, Janet, give us, uh, in your words, a 30,000 overview of who you are and what you do. Well, what I do is I have people look at themselves, what's working, what's not working. And basically you become the student of your life. And you, so you have, it can be a little painful, but if you really want to not just change your life, to me, changing is when you go from a circle to a square. But if you want to be transformed and go from a circle to a square to just formless, you can do that. But you're going to have to look at your belief system. You're going to have to look at your behaviors, your emotions, and figure out where they come. And sometimes that can be painful. But I had figured out through my own inherited money consciousness um, how we can change the subconscious mind by using energy psychology modalities and ancient techniques. And really, sometimes it's as quick as 15 minutes. I've had clients' uh, voices change literally an octave. Um, and it's pretty, pretty amazing, but it takes a lot of work and you really have to want that transformation. But that's kind of how I got into it with my own inherited money consciousness. I kept repeating the same cycle over and over again. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at the people who caused me the pain in my mind, I had to start looking at myself and said, what attracted them to me? There what you go. My, my field. So mm -hmm. I, I don't believe in looking at other people. I believe at looking at ourselves. And that can be really painful for people to do. Yeah. If you've seen me in the mirror, holy crap. I mean, I, my voice changes when I see myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, holy crap. What is that? What's going on? You know, I'm like this, like I'm making the sign of the cross. Ah, ah, the power of Christ compels you. Uh, demon out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually not. That's on Fridays. Uh, so uh, tell us your origin story. How did you uh, get into this field and, and uh, develop into the coach that you were? But how did you grow up? What, what, what sort of influences did you have from your childhood? Well, I, I grew up in, I was born in North Platte, Nebraska, which is out in the middle of nowhere, if anybody knows. It's on Interstate 80. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen yeah. made an album for it. Oh, yeah. And, and then my parents moved to Laramie, Wyoming, which is also on wow. Interstate 80. They decided to stay on Interstate 80. And, um, 
And when I was there, uh, I remember as 10 years old, I was interested in energy work and that sort of thing. And I used to go out to the fields and there'd just be horses. I mean, if anybody's been to Wyoming, there's just prairie. And you can walk a block away from the city limits and you're in the prairie. And I used to hold my hands out and just put love through the hands, put energy through the hands. And these horses would come and they weren't even mine. I, I was just kind of playing around with the energy. And then I kind of forgot about it. And I just went into the mainstream of life and went to college, got married, had three children. Uh, I was chairman of the board of a nonprofit that helped homeless women get a better education so that they break the cycle for their kids. I helped inner city hospitals raise funds. And through that time, I ended up getting divorced. And then um, I was received a large sum of money and I'm thinking, oh, wow, I can help the underserved, both nonprofit and individual alike. I was really, really excited about that to have an impact. And before long, everybody was attached to me for my money. And I, I didn't know how to say no. I, I didn't know. And uh, so before long, I find myself in arbitration and my financial advisor, I didn't listen to my internal intuition as you say in your book, and I, because I had a couple times it said, don't do this, don't do that, you know, check on this, check on this, and I didn't check. And I end up in arbitration, and he was with an internationally well-known firm, so I trusted the whole process. And in the end, uh, I kept thinking, I'm going to lose this money. I never thought I wasn't going to win. So I did win the moral victory. Um, he was disbarred, the company fined, his partner fined, but I only got 10% of what I lost. So now I had to sit back and say, okay, why was I here? Why did all this happen to me? And I knew the quantum physics part, which is the energy part, right? Einstein said, match the frequency with the reality you wish for, and you can't help but bring it to you. That's not philosophy, that's physics. So I could understand that because I already knew energy and I was already a Reiki master and that sort of thing. But I wanted to know the inherited coding. So I started going into epigenetics. And I came from eight generations of ministers who signed up to be economically challenged, who never gave their sense, who gave all their sense to the underserved and who never had money to manage. And I'm going to say this. I, I think it's incredibly heroic of them. And this was the path that they chose. But it wasn't a path I chose. And I would listen to people around me say that money was the root of all evil, that people who had money weren't that nice. And this was my programming. And we program our children from the time they're born to about seven or eight years old. And so this was everything that I heard. And my parents didn't know they were, you know, this was the life that they chose. And it, like I said, it's honorable for them, but this was my programming. And so I started looking at all of my programming then and dissecting every part of me, understanding why, you know, I might have ended up in the marriage I did, why I had the friends I did, why I was this way, why I was that way. And uh, it took me down the rabbit hole to so many different modalities that can actually change our subconscious mind and make our beliefs and our behaviors more in line with what our desires and what we want for our life. And I still, I'm still trying out different, different modalities. If somebody mentions one, I, I'm going to find out if it works. <laughs> I love this because you recognize that, uh, you know, you, you were the source of your issues. You know, you self-actualized. You, you took self-responsibility and self-accountability. Uh, and, and people don't do that a lot in life, especially nowadays. It seems like it's a real victim comp 
competition sort of society where everyone seems to be trying to outcompete each other. And I'm the biggest victim. You read the headlines and it's like, I was victimized. I was victimized. And it's like, no, maybe you put yourself in some of those sort of situations. And you're right. We come from a lot of this stuff, you know, when I talk to people and meet people and you, you might, uh, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Um, but it seems like a lot of it comes from childhood and those initial imprints of parents. Uh, and, you know, our parents are well-meaning people, but they didn't get schooled on being parents. And, and, and parenting is hard. It's not easy. That's why I didn't have kids. I have two dogs and I, it's still too hard with two dogs. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, they're not the most highly developed people. You know, sometimes people have children when they're young. And, you know, I mean, if we had children when we were 50, I mean, I don't know that we'd have the energy for it. But if I had children when I was 50, boy, I sure would. I, wish, I probably would be a better parent. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I wouldn't have the patience for anything. But no, but just what you know. And, and, so, um, and so the imprint that we have, like, you know, I can meet people and I can, I can be like, you, you grew up without a father, didn't you? He wasn't in your life. Or you grew up without a mother in abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know? Because I can tell. Yeah. Um, you can see all the different things. And you talk about money, uh, inheritance, imprints, uh, and stuff. Uh, you know, the things our parents told us about money, you know. Uh, you probably like I, you go to your mom when you're at the grocery store and you're a kid. And you're like, hey, mom, I want to buy the expensive cereal that's just complete sugar that'll make me bounce off the walls and drive you mad and she's like no we don't have enough money and you're like wait uh, what's going on there so uh it's great that you did that and you went on that journey because most people don't they just blame everybody for everything well you i also had to look at that you know um my ex-husband handled all the money i didn't handle all the any Mm -hmm. money and so at that point you're kind of innocent but the Mm -hmm. minute you get the money um, and this was really hard for me to really swallow was now it's ignorance. If you don't take care of it, if, mm-hmm. if you don't have the wherewithal, because you have the means now mm-hmm. and you're, and, and it's entrusted in you. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that fact, uh, you know, I, I own that. And that was a really hard thing to own, but I will say this thing about our parents. We have to remember that our parents are programmed too. Yes. So you can't, you know, I, I once said you can't blame your parents anymore for your programming when you leave home at 18. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. That was a hard lesson for me to learn because I, I, when I was younger, I blamed my parents for a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I tried to learn some lessons to do the opposite of them. But it, as it came to realize as we stumbled through life and realized that I wasn't perfect either, even though I thought I was, you know, that whole teenager thing uh, where you think you're perfect. Um, you know, you like you said, they're programmed and sometimes there's a multi-generational sort of either trauma or, or different things that go on. And um, it affects, you know, the relationship you see with your parents affects the people you choose in your relationships. You mentioned as to people you chose for your marriage and relationships and things like that. It affects a lot of stuff. And, and so it's good that you go down this road. Now, one thing you talk about is <clears throat> how to reprogram for success. So what we've talked about so far is how, you know, taking a look at, at how I'm programmed. What are my programs that I'm running on? Why do I have these programs? Right. Do they really serve me, I guess? Uh, so how do we ro- reprogram for success after we do the anal- the deep dive out- an- analysis where we look in the mirror analysis? And, and, and you try to figure out which ones you want to change. Because some, some of them are great to keep. Yeah. 
then there's others that don't. Well, that's part of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Then after that is um, I also I tell my clients a lot be, to have uh, emotional intelligence. And by that, you can do emotional resilience tools that can bring your emotions so that we're not so emotional out there while we're going through the process of of transforming mm -hmm. and these emotional uh, intelligence tools or resilience tools some of them were designed by the samurais prior to going into battle oh wow so uh, one of them i do is based off what's called the one point which is what the samurais used to do prior to going to battle because they would know that they would have all these thoughts and i say this to my clients when we're working on we're only working on one belief system at the time. We're not going to think about all these others. <laughs> the way you do that is you take all your thoughts into your head and your emotions and feelings, and you bring them down to two inches below your horror point. You do this with your eyes closed, and you just feel them all flood down there, and then you feel them go down your legs to the ground, to the center of the earth. It takes 90 seconds. I teach mm -hmm. them all this. And when you open your eyes, I haven't had one person yet say, that they weren't clear. They're like, wow, there's nothing there. And I said, if you do this prior to going into a meeting or prior to getting out of your car and seeing your family or seeing friends, if you've had a tough day, it just resets you. And, and there are other emotional resilience tools that basically give you self-awareness, just being aware of the moment that you're in now, because that's what you're dealing with. And so I start off with those. There you go. And, and, and how does that help transform people's lives? Well, you're not emotional. You just flush it down. So if there you, you especially if you're going into negotiations for mm -hmm. business, mm -hmm. you can even, if you start to feel it closing in on you, all you have to do is say, I got to have to run to the restroom for a minute or go to your office, take the 90 seconds to flush it down. And you can go in there with a whole fresh mindset. Mm, there you there's, go. There's other ways to, uh, flip your back lobe to your front lobe and have superpower. Um, and that's also an emotional resilience tool. So there's many different ways, depending on what you need it for, that you can use it for. But after that, we start discussing. I usually can tell by talking to somebody what techniques are going to work on them. Mm -hmm. And through whether it's near linguistic programming, uh, all the different techniques that are used there. Um, theta healing is usually used with meditators. It's really mm -hmm. easy to use with meditators. Um, EMDR is used. It's, it, it's EMI is like EMDR. It's used if you've had deep trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and hypnotherapy is, is used. And then I always end with Psyche. And what Psyche does is it literally crosses your left cortex with mm -hmm. your right cortex and brings you into a whole brain state on your new belief. Oh, wow. So I'll, I'll move out the old belief with all the other techniques, bring in a new belief. And then you, it's almost like you double clamp it down by bringing your left cortex and your right cortex into agreement. Cause the problem why we can't stick with our new beliefs and we always slide back or, you know, back and forth is because our, left side of our brain, which is logical, and our right side, which is creative, they always argue on how the best mode to achieve what we want to achieve is. And, uh, and then the brain gets in the way, and we forget all about our heart, because our heart has really our true desires into it. But anyway, so that that's the process. 
And, and so then I bring them out. And so we'll form like a new belief. So if somebody has fear, I literally inherited my mom's fear. Like mm -hmm. I was imprinted. I, I feared about everything. Wow. One day I just decided I don't want to be fearful anymore. And so mm -hmm. I replaced it with safety, security, and confidence. It took me what, less than a week because this was deep-seated. It was about everything. And after one week, I was in a situation, I, I replaced it with safety, security, and confidence. I, I was in a situation that I should have been fearful. Instead, I was courageous. I stood strong. And it was like, whoa, I would have said that, but now I'm this. And once we change and we make that shift from fear to safety, security, and confidence, we literally change our life both uh, professionally and personally, the trajectory is totally different because you don't possess that frequency. You don't possess that energy. You don't possess that thought. It's there you go. And that's transformative. I, it, you know, I, I discovered a long time ago because I grew up in a cult and I was trying to figure out why people believed what they did. And it's kind of been my life's journey. Why do people believe what they do in, in spite of glaring reality around them and and what i found is people will usually form like a single belief and it's like a knot like a fist that i'm making right now and and they they make a belief like okay so i think that maybe purple aliens from mars are everywhere on the planet running around and i just can't see them but they're here okay so we'll just make up something like that or uh the world isn't flat around it's square so it's not people don't start a freaking cult over it it's a joke um, <clears throat> it's a shame I have to say that. Um, somebody will though. Um, it probably already is. Uh, and, and so they'll form a belief. And then what they do is their reticulating act, reticulator, reticulating activating system surrounds, starts building all these beliefs stacked on top of it to support it. And it becomes like this giant sort of wound rubber band, you know, golf ball sort of thing, you know, what's inside it. Would you find inside of a golf ball or a, or a, a baseball? And it's just these, it's just these building where there's hundreds of beliefs that support this mad sort of little, I believe system you had. So I love the fact that you break those down and get right to the core of, of disassembling the belief, because sometimes if you just get, you know, you can argue with all the outer beliefs, but mm -hmm. you're just never going to get anywhere. You got to get down to that core insanity and go, why, why did you form this belief in the first place? Yeah, it's, it's uh, where did it come from? I always say, is it yours? Is yeah, it, I mean, is it your parents? There you go. Is it, is it society? Because let's mm -hmm. face it, society programs us too. Yeah. So where, where is it? Do you really own it? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if somebody's hanging so tight onto that belief. Yeah. If, if they're hanging really tight to that belief, then you have to ask them where where you got it but i like your analogy that was a great one because yeah. i always say it's like peeling back an onion to get to the core you know to get all the way down um to find out where the source really is and that's why i say sometimes it can be painful sometimes yeah. you to sit in that feeling and it could be a lifetime of onion uh peeling layers i'm still I mean, doing yeah, I mean, there's there's some people that just can't give it up. They're just like, I bought this. I, I've talked to some people that are like, I don't know. I joined this cult, uh, you know, 50, 80 years ago, and I can't give it up. And, and I know it's bullshit, and I know the founder's full of shit. And, uh, but I just, you know, 
it's a, it's actually a, a paternal thing or a, a patriarchy thing, but that's under another show. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, we've, we've, I want to lay a foundation on this because you've mentioned epigenics. Uh, what, what is epigenics and how does that work and play into what you're doing? So I'm going to say it in layman's terms. So if there's any physicians out there, please, I'm only doing it in layman's terms. So epigenetics is the imprinting or coding that's in our genes. And mostly they're turned off, but we can turn them on. So like the fear, the imprint of the fear from my mom, she got it from her mother. So my mom turned it on from her mother. And so when I got it, not all of my siblings were fear-based, but I was. And so I turned that on. And that's in a simplified form for you to understand that we do have these coatings. They're in our genes. They're mostly off, but we can turn them on. And the inherited money consciousness, that was turned on for me. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I had to look, where did that come from and how do I turn it off? But that's pretty much what it is. And so what it's done is these imprints are passed down through generations to our parents and our parents pass it to us from the time we're born to about seven or eight years old. And then after that, the imprinting is anything catastrophic that happens to you or society and your friends that are going to dictate how you live your life, what your reality actually is, mm-hmm. because you can change your reality anytime you want. Yeah. You just have to want to and yes. put in the work, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, know that it might be a little painful on the way. There you go. Newsflash people. It's probably you, you know, uh, you know, I meet people all day long and I'll meet people that, have, you know, they'll tell me that they have a whole wreckage of, of relationships, you know, uh, and I'm 55 and still dating after all these years and been single and you'll meet people and, and this is for men and women, but I don't meet men. Uh, uh, I should probably make that clarified. Um, but both men and women do it, but you know, you, you know, on first dates, you'll be talking to somebody and she'll go, uh, uh, you know, uh, my boyfriend did this and the last boyfriend did that. And, you know, the last 10 boyfriends were narcissists and, and, uh, and, you know, all this stuff. And you sit there and you just go, you know, there's one common person in like those 10 boyfriends that you all picked that were conveniently narcissists, considering only 3% of the population is diagnosed as true narcissist. Um, it could be you. <laughs> <laughs> it's one common factor you know there's there's a certain point like even for myself uh you know where you you make so many mistakes over and over again the same ones you 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 wake up one day and you go holy shit it's been me the whole time oh damn it that that or even worse if you know it's you and you keep doing it so there's that but uh welcome to dark triad traits uh so this is really interesting epigenetics and, and how you can uh change your genes or basically how you respond, I guess, to your DNA and your genetic stuff and, and uh, how that affects you, I guess. And, and remember, I want people to remember that we are energy mm-hmm. and that it's proven that our cells are energy. So uh, another example for this, for you to think about our emotions and our imprinting is, is that um, the biochemical effects of your brain functioning shows mm-hmm. that your thoughts affect your cells. Mm. So if we have that, those thoughts ingrained in us, those beliefs ingrained in us, they're affecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this goes with disease as well. There you go. 
I mean, I've seen I've seen people that go into massive depression, maybe a loved one died uh, or some other factor, and they'll develop cancer like overnight. Um, there's a, there's a famous story of one of my uh, favorite bands whose wife uh, lost her only daughter um, to a car accident, and uh, you know they were at a stage in their life where they weren't going to have new kids, and she was so depressed that. And she went into a complete state of depression. That within six months, she within a few months, she developed a horrible cancer and died within six months. Mm -hmm. And she was perfectly healthy before that. And so you're right; we we can really screw ourselves up if with with uh, darkness and depression, and you know, not wanting to live. Uh, agreed, agreed. And then this is why it's it's really important to understand the power that you actually have the power of the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And I call it the super conscious mind. Oh. And, and the super conscious to me is uh, when we talk about our uh, intuition, or I call it voice consciousness. This, mm -hmm. is, this is literally the voice that we hear. So when, when you know, when I knew, and it said, check on this, and it must have said it three times to me inside, saying, check on this. I had that feeling I should check on it. And then when I didn't, there was a reason for that. <laughs> and so I always say that there is a higher consciousness. There is a, a super conscious part of our mind, which is our intuition. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I like to say that it's connected to the higher up. And if, and we've been given that as a gift mm -hmm. and to ignore that um, really hurts us in a certain way. And then changing your when you start changing your subconscious mind your conscious mind then can even shift what it is and it's the commander of your ship and it only has power of five percent of your decision making so i would say then that leaves a little bit up for that once you start shifting to shift your conscious mind as well there you go uh one of the things you help clients with is the power of a program what's your money consciousness program this isn't a big issue for a lot of people and even even when you think you have it fixed there's there's all sorts of little yeah things I, you do you know i have people come to me for different things i had a young lady come to me and she said and i i, I can use this example she she said to me you know all my relationships are fantastic but i have three companies and they're not doing well and i think i have an issue with my money consciousness oh ah. And what happened for her is she had a ceiling and this happens. It's kind of like me giving all the money away because my whole family always helped the underserved. So they gave all their sense to the underserved, right? And mm -hmm. didn't have money to manage. For her, it was like she had a ceiling threshold. So it's like for her, oh, if I have liquidity of 200,000, then I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs> and, and, and yet she was trying to achieve, you know, higher than that. Mm -hmm. She was trying to expand higher, but she kept going here, mm -hmm. higher, and, and she couldn't figure out why am I keep hitting that Yeah, and I get past that. And it's because in her programming, she has a ceiling. And this happens um, to a lot of people when they're trying to strive to excel in, um, in leadership, in business, in every area. They have these blocks from... Um, that they don't even realize until until you start talking to them and they start unraveling everything. They're going, oh, and then and then you can just reprogram it and have I have a multi million dollar mindset mm -hmm. or a 
multi-million dollar consciousness or put whatever you want in there. And now you're, you're starting to loosen up the reins of your subconscious mind and getting, starting to relieve the blocks that have been put there for a long time. And yeah. right, there'll be other things that will be removed to get to that spot. But once we did this for her, I didn't hear from her for a month. And I, usually I check in with my clients. That's a thing that I do so I can keep my metrics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I haven't heard from you. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. It's been the most abundant month ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with it. So well, like, that's great. Well, I, I'm happy. I love to help people, um, you know, with their success. It makes me, it makes me overjoyed. That is what- awesome. Yeah, people need a lot of help with that. They really get stuck. Your brain kind of creates this thermostat where if you go too low and, and money, it, it, wherever you're used to, it, it, you know, it kicks you in and goes, hey, you need to get out there and work. But then if you start making too much, you, you're like, oh, I should just relax, not work as hard. And you know, it's self-sabotage that pushes you back down to where you're kind of comfortable. And some people have really um, uh, hard money belief systems that keep them really poor and struggling and they think that's normal it is it, they they think that's normal and i i'll say to everyone wealth out there is unlimited mm. we are the ones that limit ourselves to what we can have we limit ourselves to what what everything means and so abundance and wealth means different things to different people so start asking yourself are you living the level of wealth and abundance that you desire Mm-hmm. Now, you have something you talk about called quantum and golden codes. What are they? And, and quantum and golden codes. Um, Grabovoy, who was an aerosmith engineer in Russia, I think mm-hmm. it was back in the 70s, mm-hmm. he had done 360 uh, numeral calculations uh, for aerosmith. All 360 ended up... Um, ended up being solid out of 360, all 360 ended up proving to be successful. So he said, something has to be with this. And his name is Grabovoy. People can look him up. I might be wrong on the date that he published it. Mm -hmm. I have to look at the book, but so he came up. So he came up with all different, like for healing cancer, for Mm -hmm. healing, um, for fast money, 521 740 41 8. So mm-hmm. 520 is for fast money. So mm-hmm. he had all these um, different codes for different things abundance codes, health codes. Um, you, it's stem cell. He even had stem cell rejuvenation codes. Wow. So I started playing with this mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm going to put these on canvases. So I had one on uh, stem cell rejuvenation. And so I would put all the codes on there for that. And then I painted over it with uh, some oils and whatnot. And then I did another one on abundance with abundance codes. And another one I believe was on healing trauma. Mm-hmm. I, when my clients would come, I would ask them, okay, I have these three paintings. I want to test it out and see, because the whole idea is you put it on a canvas. Those, the frequency of those numbers go through the paint and to the viewer. Hmm. This is why I test everything out because I want to see if it works. And so I put those out. And so I would say, so what does the abundance, uh, I didn't tell them it was abundance. I said, what does this painting look like to you? What do you feel? Huh. 
one of my clients go, oh, that's the abundance vortex at Mount Shasta. I was like, I didn't know they had one there, but thank you for telling me. Wow. And she said the other one was on, she goes, I feel like that's healing me from my trauma. Hmm. And then she, and then she did the other one. And so I'm like, wow. And so I tried it on like six or seven clients that didn't know anything about them. And they all look different. All these paintings look different. Mm -hmm. And they all hit them right on the head. Wow. So these are the codes that, uh, and there are golden codes too that other people talk about that have those frequencies too. There you go. It's it's really interesting how our brains and our emotional connection work and our visuals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's get in a, a couple more things here. Whole brain state. What is the whole brain state? Uh, is is that I have a lobotomy or I'm getting one next week. So, um, that's when I talk about um, bringing your left cortex or your logical part of your brain and your creative brain to work together as one. I mean, mm -hmm. I can use it as an example. Part of the reason why people who have trauma have a hard time uh, healing is because they hold it fragmented in their mind and their logical part of their brain, the left side, fights over with the right side on how best to heal them. Uh -huh. so this is a way through Psyche, it's a way, and even EMDR and EMI, they both, all three of those techniques cross over the left cortex with the right cortex and bring you into a whole brain state. Ah, there you go. That's the whole brain state because you will, through the process, you will be brought into a whole brain state. There you go. Uh, and, and these are important. So when you work with people, how do they onboard with you? How do you qualify them? Uh, how do they reach out to you? I'm looking over your website right now. Uh, and you have several different services you offer. You've got a workshop, uh, your speaker contact as well. How do people reach out to you and onboard with you and see if they're a fit? Well, you can reach out and I have a 30 minute free consultation. Mm -hmm. So if they just go to my calendar, they'll see it. They can log on and sign up for that. Mm -hmm. And then they can see if they're a good fit for me or if I'm a good fit for them. There you go. And there you go. We can discuss what they would like to achieve. There you go. And it, you've got a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You've got a number of uh, different things that you talk about on your website, uh, different programs and things like that. Do you have any upcoming workshops you want to uh, push? I don't have any upcoming workshops. I'm going to be doing a couple retreats into 2024. Ah, there you go. Uh, but they're not out published yet, but they will be on my website. Um, but I, I do workshops for corporations for um, corporate emotional intelligence. And, and so they hire me separately and I'll go and, and actually perform everything that we've discussed and also teach them and take them down the path where they can actually dissect themselves as scientists and see what's working, what's not. But the whole point of that is I can leave the whole epigenetics. So all of you and I were raised a little bit differently. So we both have different epigenetics, right? Uh -huh. So, um, but if we were to work together, we could do a goal statement that we're a magnetic team mm. and I could test our subconscious mind to see if we both agreed with that. Hmm. If we didn't, I could put it in our subconscious mind. So now that's a belief for us and we can work cohesively together. There you go. And so that's kind of what I do for business teams. They'll have four or five goals and I can get the whole business team on that without changing their, all their other belief systems. 
There you go. It looks like you got some different sessions and and packages people can order from the website, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So as we go out, give me, give us your final thoughts, final pitch uh, to people to do business with you. And uh, we'll round out the show. Well, I personally believe that success in every area of our life is achievable, but we have to understand that the power is in our hands. And so by you even listening to our conversation today, Chris's mind, that you've already opened your mind up to starting to evaluate how you're, where all your beliefs come. And this is the first step in transforming your life. There you go. So take the step, darn it. <laughs> uh, Janet, give me your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Okay. So it's uh, JanetDelaneSchmidt.com or you can say MeetJES.com. There you go. And we should plug your podcast too. You have a podcast too. You, you, you have. No, I don't. I, I'm only guest on podcasts. Oh, okay. I thought I'd pulled up some of these podcasts. I guess I'm. I probably was on it. Oh, that's right. It was something you're on. So we're not going to plug that one because uh, you're on this one. So there you go. Uh, so thank you very much, Janet, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been super insightful. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed my time. There you go. And thanks to my honest for being here. Remember, I told you guys are beautiful. That was the ass kissing that went on today to uh, just uh, tell my audience how much we love you guys. And uh, remember, uh, you know, maybe the Chris Voss Show family is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. At least not as harsh as your mother-in-law. Uh, go to goodreads.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, linkedin.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, youtube.com, forwardchesschrisfoss, and chrisfoss1 on the tickety-tockety. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. I should have a sound, Janet.